It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration Number 3, with Gabby Buckley. All right, Punk Rock Classrooms crew, this is Josh Buckley, one half of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, and I am excited for this Punk Rock collaboration because I didn't have to go very far to find my collaborator. Uh, I was trying to think of, you know, who's had a crazy year, and I figured I know someone who's had a wild year, and that is my wife as a first-year principal in the age of corona. So I want to welcome my wife, Gabby Buckley, onto the podcast. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Fantastic. So, Gab, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about what your year was like, but before we get there, how about you tell uh, you know the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, uh, well, let's just go with my educational history here. Sure. Um, so, how I got to where I am right now is I think I started teaching about 15 years ago, um, and... I was an English teacher in high school, 9 through 12. I was a coach. I coached swimming. Um, and then I ended up uh, coming back to my alma mater about 10 years ago as a teacher. And then I became uh, the department chair. Then this really weird position opened up. And um, I got a chance to be like an interim uh, administrator for a year. And then, which led to two assistant principal positions opening up at my school, at that same school, and um, I, I got one of them. And I did that for three years. I was assistant principal over student services. And then, and then the position for principal opened up, and I thought I would kick myself if I didn't try, because uh, I like working for me. <laughs> and, um, and I got it. So it was weird, because... I've done like every job in education at my own alma mater. So I am the principal of my own high school that I graduated from. So I want to ask a little bit about that, right? So you were a student there, you were a teacher there, an assistant principal, and a principal there. That doesn't happen to a lot of people, <laughs> I don't no. imagine. So what a, what what is that experience like for you being that person in that role? How, what's it like to be running the school you went to? Well, when I went to high school, I didn't really like buy into high school. I don't think, I mean, I was a marching band. There were 3000 kids when I went there and, you know, I was a minority student. Um, you know, it was a very uh, wealthy area at the time. I was on the lower socioeconomic scale. Um, I'm sure we probably could have gotten free and reduced lunch if that were a thing back then. Um but I, I just kind of laid low. I was an only child. I didn't have a whole lot um, going on. Um, not to say that I didn't like high school or didn't enjoy it and have friends, but it just wasn't like my thing. I didn't connect. Like you and I talk about this. I never asked a teacher to sign my yearbook. Um, and then when I became a teacher, I wanted to make sure I created all of those like uh, relationships. And I think the hardest part about leaving the classroom was um, you know not having 150 kids every day that I I worked with I knew I invested in and you know taking that more on a on a site based level instead of a classroom based level is like one of the things that you're like well see I can have this big impact on a school um, but the day to day stuff it, it, you know you just have to look at how you weigh it all in but I mean it's 
you know, the kids, it's still about creating relationships with kids and adults on my campus. Now it's more, now, now it includes adults. It didn't really include adults back, you know, then, but I, I'm very conscious to make sure like I'm a principal that's out and about, um, uh, you know, I'm out in the hallways, I'm in classrooms, I'm at every event I can possibly be at. I'm, you know, I'm gone like three times a week um, till, you I, know. I do know that, yes. or 11 at night. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's, and it's to be visible for families is very important. Um, being in that at that school, uh, knowing the history of the administrators that were there, what people liked, what they didn't like, you know, I really had to come in and kind of prove it. And, um, you know, to a lot of people, a lot of people who didn't think I should have gotten the job, right? I mean, that's absolutely true, too. Um, so, you know, bringing back a culture and, and where we started with this year with my team was we started with culture of care. How do we get how do we get our kids to want to care? And for us this year, it started a lot with teachers and taking care of them because teachers who take who feel taken care of are in turn going to take care of their students. So that was like our first layer. And then here we are. Um, we only got three quarters of the year in. And, uh, you know, that kind of had to like that dwindled. Yeah. So um, having been a student and a teacher on your campus uh, and, you know, an assistant principal, what adva- what advantage do you think that gives you? Um, with the community, with kids, with your with with your staff that you're working with, is there an advantage to that, or is there a disadvantage to it? What, what do, well, you, what do you think? I think there's probably does? both. I mean, the advantage to all of it is that, like, I know that community that is my community, and the way that that community has shifted now, socioeconomic wise, that's my school. Like, if I were me in 1995 going to school there now, I would be the majority kid. You know. Um, I I feel like I feel more at home at that school now than I did when I went there. And, um, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a, it's a thing. We're all experiencing shifts. So in a sense, I know the neighborhood, you know, and I can talk to people about like all the local restaurants or, you know, remember when that was a grocery store and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I still work with a bunch of people who have been in our district for a long time. So that also helps. Uh, the disadvantage to being in that school and not starting over is that, you know, some of the teachers that I work with um, probably saw different sides of me than a than a school leader at some point. Um, you know, whether that was like what they assumed I was like in a classroom. You know, I mean, I think that happens when you're a, when you're a well-liked teacher. And you and I taught at the same school. We did. We taught at the same school until you got that job, and then they made me leave. <laughs> I don't understand why they don't they don't get that I could be your boss because I am anyway. So it's fine. At, they, at home's swear, fine. At home honestly, and work, it's, it's not. It's not. Would have been fine. I mean, I really would have evaluated you completely fairly. Um, but uh, we taught there together. We were both very well liked teachers. We both taught seniors. We were like the the mom and dad of the senior class. It was really sweet. You know, kids really connected with us. They loved the fact that we had a, a marriage. They were able to see what that looked like and be successful. Um, but I think like sometimes you get this label that if you're a well-liked teacher, then you're not you're not a, a rigorous teacher. Right. So. Um, when I talk to, when I'm still talking to teachers now, like this, this idea that like, if kids like you, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, you can't be 
you can't be a hardcore teacher and know all of your stuff and still have kids want to be in your class or even want like I'm not saying the kids wanted to do the work for me. They definitely didn't want to write essays. Um, but they did the work for me because I always related it back to like, well, what how can this how is this going to benefit you later on? Right. So, I mean, not 100 percent of my kids bought into me, but a lot of them did. And so I was a very well I was talked about in other classrooms, right? Like, oh, Buckley's so cool, blah, 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 blah. And I think when you hear this teacher's so cool, some teachers automatically assume like, oh yeah, that's because she doesn't do anything in her classroom or she's not like, she, she's just, all you guys are doing is talking about Legos or Batman. And it, it, it's, you know, I think unfairly, sometimes we put that on each other. As I go into classrooms now and I'm working with teachers that I've worked with for a very long time. And I will say like, everyone is very kind. Uh, especially when you become their boss. Um, <laughs> but um, I think sometimes, you know, you get these people who I can see the change in their face when I'm t when they know I know what I'm talking about. And so it's almost like they kind of go like, oh, dang, like maybe she always knew what she was talking about. Maybe we misjudged it. And the other part of it is, is like I often get mistaken for being younger than I am. And I don't say that to be like, oh, I'm so cool. <laughs> yeah, you're older than me. I yeah, am. Everyone thinks you're younger than I, I am. It is very true. Um, <clears throat> and so I think sometimes that plays a part in it, too. Or the fact that like, you know, like, oh, well, some, you know, she wears heels or uh, she, you know, um, wears vans to work like she's trying. She's too young to do the job. And then people are like, oh, you're in your mid 40s. Oh, OK. Uh, sorry, you just look younger. So um, I don't know. Sometimes I don't I don't get credibility in those areas. So this this being your first year and you, plus I'm a woman. Well, yeah. <laughs> so this being your first year and um, trying to start something, you'd mentioned this idea of a culture of care, and that kind of got disrupted with coronavirus. So I'm curious, like we're in this stage right now where we're worrying about graduation. We're doing X, Y, and Z to wrap up the year. How are you making sure that you're showing your students and your staff that you still care even in this other environment we're doing? What, is, what does that look like? Well, so the, the third disruptive party to all of this have been parents. Um, parents who have been and are very kind in their disagreement with what we're doing as a district um you know as a as a large how many i don't know we have a million kids in our district Sixty-four thousand sounds like a million <laughs> so um we have big six large comprehensive high schools and three alternative high schools that serve smaller populations we have all decided that we are all going to do the exact same thing and we're not going to go outside of anybody else's stuff so that we don't want to pit one against each other um some we are so large that s some areas have a larger uh and more active parent group and um so like the news has been showing some of our students uh, like out on a street um walking in a parade and it looks like it's being sponsored by those schools um and it's not it's these parent groups on like facebook and stuff which th that's fine you guys can do whatever you want to do but um, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I'm getting daily emails about how we're not doing enough and students deserve more. And so I don't disagree with any of that. But like, so this year started out with taking care of teachers, right? Like we did breakfasts in the morning when we first got to school. We had a taco truck. We had a coffee truck. We were like, I was really trying to buy their affection. Um, <laughs> and teachers love food and coffee. 
and treats. And so I, I speak that language. Food is also a love language for me. So we celebrated teachers, right? Um, and, and they were really excited and, and the spirits were very light and lifted and that translated into the classroom with kids learning and they were like, um, you know, we had a book study on campus. One of our mutual friends and mm-hmm. who I work with um, did a book study on white fragility in the classroom uh, or um, white fragility, but she did it with teachers who are classroom teachers outside of contract hours. But we had I we had like 50 teachers participate in that study like that probably would not have happened had you not been like, you know, here's a donut. And they're like, oh, I'm in. Yeah. Woo. You know, and so it was really it was really um, eye opening for a lot of people. It really they had these safe places to talk to each other. Um, We had these giant SEL things that we were doing. Um, We we were continuing on with all these different things that we have on campus, like a thrift store and a food pantry. And like kids were just taking and taking care of like left and right. It was like fantastic. Um, you know, and then you hit January and February when everyone's starting to get kind of like, uh, this isn't cool anymore. Like we're all getting burnt out and the surveys are happening. And, you know, I think February is like the hardest month yeah, in teaching. It's the Be- shortest month and like the most difficult, except for May. Yeah. I think, I think, I think February is hard because like, there's no it's far away from spring break it's after christmas the holiday that holiday part and there's like not it's just like bleh, right yeah and it's the time when you have to survey all of your parents at least for us and be like so how do you like it here and then they're like well you know grades came out and i'm really you know upset about that and so or you know it, it's just one of those things and um and so we we kind of started to kind of like take a dip and we were recognizing that dip and, you know, we had done some intervention stuff with kids who were failing. So that was kind of like putting some pressure on some kids, but it was making parents happy that we were doing something about it. And then it kind of all, um, you know, re- leading up into spring break, everyone was just like, OK, we need a massive timeout. Everyone needs to take a break from each other. You know, we're going to come back. We're going to be refreshed. We're going to realize that, like, we don't have any breaks in fourth quarter, but we're going to push through. We're going to make it fun. And, like, I was thinking of, like, how are these ways that I can bring back the culture for the teachers? You know, I'm checking accounts. Like, you know, what can we spend money on? What can we do for them? You know, we had Teacher Appreciation Week. We were going to do some stuff. And um, and then we, we weren't able to do any of that. And then so when coronavirus hits and we have to, like, close down immediately, my thought was with the teachers because i could see what you were going through with shifting your classes i was i was optimistic that our students would fare well since we are a one-to-one school and we have been trained in um uh online resources and putting curriculum yeah, yeah putting curriculum online and we were holding students harmless for grades much like a lot of people were across the country um and my teachers were okay and it was my kids I was really worried about, right? Like, where are they? Right. Why aren't they answering any emails? Do they need the internet? We were just like this machine of information. And I was working like 15 hours a day, seven days a week. It felt like I wasn't stopping. None of it was stopping. We were redesigning websites. We were doing all this stuff. We, You know, I mean, like my social worker had all this information. My counselors have this information. It was just like this, I don't know. It just seemed like this huge responsibility to get information out to families and so my focus shifted from teachers to kids and families and there was almost no way to balance any of that and I I felt the imbalance and I got um I don't know I felt like I got really burnt out in the past few weeks 
And um, it was interesting because I talked to some teachers, you know, we have a WebEx and so we're in there and um, and some teachers have been like way more involved than others, which is completely understandable. But one of my one of my department chairs reached out last week and was like, hey, I'm having a department meeting on Friday. Are we going to meet as a group? And I was like, oh, my God, when was the last time we met as department chairs? And like, that's on me. Like, that's my bad. I should have been taking care of like, you know, my people. And I wasn't. Um, it's like I was trying to take care of everyone holistically instead of like doing my normal, like filter through everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was just really strange. Um it was a really weird time, I think, when we look at, like, when, when I was talking to other administrators, um, it was hard to talk to everyone across the country, like, on Twitter. Yeah. Because everyone was doing something different, right? Right, right. Um, So we really had to rely on each other in our own district. And fortunately, like, the, the other principal that I'm involved with and on my side of the city... Um, um, he he and I vibe really well together. And so, like, we continually support one another. And not that nobody else does, but, like, I mean, how wide is the district? Some, 25 miles? Yeah, it's Something big. like that. <laughs> so one principal is uh, 25 miles away from me. And, you know, this, this guy is right down the street, like, four miles away. So, um, you know, we relied kind of heavily on each other to figure out, like, well, what are you doing? And uh, I'm having this town hall with my, you know, staff and I'm doing this. And we were trying to figure out WebEx and all of it. You know, like, how do we even yeah. have a meeting with your entire staff at one time digitally? So, um, I mean, I had insomnia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it's just, I don't know. I think the hardest part... Um, and you didn't ask me this question, but I'm going to tell you the hardest part of of all of this is that like in my job, um, if I'm in the office, I can go into a classroom like if if, if I'm like, oh, I feel like I got to get out of the office. I can get up out of the office. I can walk right out, breeze by anybody that says like, hey, you have a second. I'm like, what? I got to go. And, you know, I'm, I'm in classrooms and I'm watching um, kids and teaching and learning and, you know, participating yeah. and, you know, checking in on kids. Hey, how are you? Good luck on your game. Da, 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 da. Like doing all those things that make me feel good. And as an introvert, um, that's an interesting piece that I really love being with the, like with my staff and students. Um, but not having any of that right now has like actually been really difficult for me because I can't tell you that I love my job right now. And that's a really hard thing to think about. Like, none of us were online principals. Right, because you went from being able to have a separation between work and home and then also being able to kind of go, you've lost the student part of your job. Yeah, so last night um, when I went to go pick up dinner with my mom, um, uh, I saw one of my seniors. Mm -hmm. She was coming out and I, I had the car door shut and it was on. And she walked out, and I, I just leaped out of the car. Uh, my mom probably was like, what is happening? I, she's probably used to it by now. I leap out of the car, and I'm like, oh, my God, how are you? And she's like, oh, I thought it was you. And, like, it was so weird because I couldn't hug her. I couldn't high-five her. Right. And here she is. She's going to graduate on Thursday. And I have worked with this girl for the last four years. And I think... Because that's the other interesting part about my job is I started with these seniors graduating as the class I started with as an assistant principal um, my first year. So this is my first graduating class and I won't be able to actually graduate them in person. And I think that's like it's really hard. Like so I literally leaped out of the car just to say hi, just to tell her how proud I I was of her. And um, 
And, you know, it's it's just weird. I don't know. It's just so weird. So, I, you know, I, we do live in the same house. So I heard you have a conversation <laughs> with a group of your seniors. You're seniors. eavesdropping uh, on me. Yeah, I heard okay. you had a conversation with a group of your seniors. Yeah. Um, what did you, what like, that's a moment where you get to have a connection with these kids and talk to them about what they're going through. What did you share with them or what did you tell them about what's going on and how do you, we know that that, that social emotional need is good. Those kids aren't going to come back to campus, right? Yeah. Like our freshmen, we're going to bring them back. Our other kids, we're going to bring them back. What did you say to those kids to kind of tell them, you know, it's all right. This is what's, you know, what was that like for you? I don't think uh, it's hard to tell them it's all right. Right. Like right. it's not, but I just, you know, they wanted these grand ideas of what, they had seen other high schools do and we weren't doing that and so I kind of just had to break their hearts right off the bat and be like guys this is what this is going to look like and this is what this is like it's there's no changing it it's happening this way and they had some suggestions you know I asked them like you know what would you what would you guys want to do because they want to know like can we ever come back and I'm like I don't I don't I'm sure you will be able to come back at some point I don't know when that point will be and they just wanted to know that, like, if we are able to again, can we do something? Now, as a district, we've decided that we're not going to have any senior celebrations because besides once, from the virtual one, right? Yeah. Because once one school opens up that box, it, you can't shut it, right? When does it end? Every sports team, every you know, everything. Um, but I, you know, and initially we're thinking like, oh well, we could bring them back for homecoming game night. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, you know? So I told him like, you know, I, I promise, I promised them that at some point we would make sure that they knew they were welcome to come back. Yeah. And, um, and I told them like, I, you know, and I've, I've praised them so much because like they really accepted my challenge of leaving a positive legacy and, and really run with it and done really amazing things. And, um, you know, and they they just, they just one, I told them I'm not mad at you guys for fighting for what you want because I've literally taught you guys to fight for what you want. Right. <laughs> Day one, right? So thank you for doing what you've been trained to do, not just roll over and take something, but to ask the questions why. And, you know, two, we will always welcome you back when it's safe to come back. But that... Like I told him, your your legacy not only is going to be how you guys did as a class or how much you got in scholarships or any of that kind of stuff, but it's going to be about how you handle this because all other classes are going to look at the class of 2020 um, to see how they handled it. So compassion, grace, and, um, and, and those types of characteristics are going to go a long way because I told him like, guys, I just don't think that you're, I think you're the first class to be affected by this. I don't think you're the last class to be affected by this. And they hadn't considered that because, you know, they're very like in their own head right now. And um, and so I think that as heartbreaking as it is to tell them that we can't slide on anything, um, that they under they understood and and they've done a lot of amazing things on their own that I can't be a part of and don't want to know about um, to try to include each other in on that to say their final goodbyes and stuff. So, but it's you know it's it's not easy, but. It's definitely important to connect with your kids as the leader of a campus. You have to. Exactly. And so, um, you know, so this has been a wild and crazy year. What are you, to kind of wrap up our conversation, what are you hoping to to do 
once we actually get on a campus, what what do you what's the first thing you want to do when you roll in and student and staff are there and we can do that safely? What 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 is the first thing you want to do? Wow, you jumped like twenty steps ahead of where my head. Because I, I don't want to talk about planning. <laughs> I want to talk about planning for what school looks like to kind of wrap the conversation. So I guess like the um like when everything goes back to normal, what we want to do is go back and do what we do, which is. Celebrate kids often. Um, celebrate them for even the small things. Um, making sure that we have, you know, a lot of school spirit, which includes, you know, doing some pep rallies and stuff. And, and I, you know, in a perfect world, it all comes back looking completely normal. Um, and we can shove like, you know, uh, 800 kids inside of a gymnasium at one time and, and do that. But um, that's for me. That's what it would look like. Um, bringing my staff back on, it's going to be going back and creating that culture of care and taking care of them. I don't think that like, you don't think you can do like a one year theme and and make the change. From what I've learned from everything that I've read is that, you know, a systemic change is going to take three to five years at least. And this is a this is a long haul. And given this coronavirus, the systemic change is going to take longer because yeah. we know the gap yeah. exists now and we've got like one and a half to two years to have to make this gap up. So my road just got longer, but that's totally fine because I look young enough to handle it. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm willing to take on that charge because after being out of this for so long, I really want to go back and do what we do, which is take care of kids, take care of staff and teachers and take care of family and community. Um, that 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 has to be the basis of what you're doing, no matter what your circumstances, um, and that that's just where I want to get back to. And in, in in every level of this coming back to school, whatever phase we're in, it's going to be the same thing. Um, how do we take care of our stu- students and staff and teachers? How do we take care of our families and our community? Um, and how do we just take care of each other? I think this is going to be uh, a very different way of looking at education now, especially when we start looking at the um, social emotional supports needed for teachers through something like this, because how can this not land on an ACE score? Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, these traumatic events are going to affect uh, anyone that has been in education. And this, this is a trauma that we have to kind of address and overcome. And we'll have to do that together. All right. Well, Gabby, thank you for being on the show. I know it was real hard. You had to travel from the couch to the kitchen table to do this. So so thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Guys, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Punk Rock Classrooms or at Punk Classrooms. Wow, I almost forgot my own Twitter handle. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. You can follow my co-host, my punk rock brother in arms, Mike Earnshaw at uh, EduChef Earnshaw. And uh, if you want to follow Gabby on Twitter, you can follow her at... Uh, principal underscore Gabby, G-A-B-B-I. Uh, right now, I'm a giant Mustang horse head. Yes, so you can find her, and she'll be tagged in the show notes, and you can see her as well. You can follow her there. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Oh, I forgot one last question. There's, yeah. i got to ask you this one. Hmm. What have you been listening to, Gab? <laughs> <laughs> you oh. just drove in the car. You went to go to the grocery store. What were you rocking I was to? listening to my mom. Um, oh, man, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, I think uh, for me, what I I really dig when I'm working is I need to listen to um, my group love radio. I, I dig group love. 
Okay. Um, and uh, anything that keeps me calm, which is going to be some Matt Pond. Um, and I did listen to some of your heavy metal um, <laughs> stuff in the car yesterday while we yeah. got our dog. Yeah, yeah, it was good times. Um, but usually I'm listening to whatever you're listening to. Well... And it's fine. I play DJ. All right. <laughs> I'm uh, a rapper. You're the right, DJ. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. And, of course, we'll see you at the show.